that it costs $1,000 a week to go to Camp Mohawk. The question is, is it worth $1,000 a week? It sure is. It's the best darn camp there is. Well, are you connected with Camp Mohawk? Well, I think so. I'm the program director, Jerry Aldini. Well, how do you justify $1,000 a week? Well, we have some special programs. And the kids wanted animals, so this year each camper will stalk and kill his own bear in our private wildlife preserve. Are you sure the children can, uh, can hack that? We'll see. Welcome, yet again, to the Deep Dive Podcast, where each episode, we strive to find something, anything, anything to watch on streaming media. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wangshot Movie Magazine, and with me, as always, here in Studio D, is my co-host with the most, the magnificent Mandalorian. That's me. I'm back, folks. You can't get rid of me that easily. No, we've tried. You've but tried for three years. Not, you know, <laughs> she knows where I live, and that... <laughs> That was my first mistake. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to another episode. We really hope that you enjoyed our last episode, which was the Pride Month episode. Yes. We had a lot of fun recording. We well, did. I think fun may be the wrong word, but we had, uh, it felt good to record it. I think so. Yeah. You know, it's a... Uh... It was one of those things where we didn't – it's not something that we necessarily had to do, but it's something we wanted to do. Right. It was important to us. Yeah, it was important to us. Not like, you know, like some mega corporation that just slaps a rainbow on something <laughs> and says, oh, look, we're about Pride Month. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Where are you the other 11 months of the year? That's true. Seriously. Whereas we're just weird all the time. Yeah, it's our thing. It's our thing. It's how we make money. Wait, never mind. <laughs> Don't make money. <laughs> do not. How we lose money. How we lose money. Exactly. Yes. Uh, oh, man. yeah. But there is something that uh, before we get to uh, all the meat and potatoes, so to speak, mm -hmm. of what we're talking about today, Loki. <gasps> okay. People, spoilers. Just going to put that yeah, out there. Spoilers. Ding, 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 spoilers. That's your little music intro to know that we're going to be talking about some spoilers. Now, Loki, so good. I know some folks are, you know, kind of upset about there being only six episodes. I mean, it is relatively short for a... Uh, action-y well i mean modern day tv series right yeah i mean but that's like two-thirds of a doctor who series really <laughs> i mean it's not necessarily super short for the mcu either i think um one division was only eight episodes i think mm -hmm. but um the the episode the penultimate episode the season finale was just so good and there wasn't a lot of action there's a lot of talking mm -hmm. a lot of um backstory being filled yep. in and it it leaves us with just enough questions to kind of not get overwhelmed and we can start to ponder of like what this means and start coming up with our own theories, which by the way, you were right when you said that the time watchers weren't actually real. Yeah. Or I mean, I, I don't think I can really take credit for that because I read it on the internet, but I believe that theory was correct. And yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it turned out to be that they were just robotic lizard people. But, on the internet must be true. I mean, yeah. this is the thing. They were robotic lizard people, just like, you know, the heads of government. And, uh, uh, yeah. Ding, yeah. Ding. But so good. I really enjoyed it. I think Tom Hiddleston is the only person mm -hmm. who can play Loki from here on out. Um, Along I was, with all the other actors who played Loki, yeah, <laughs> including I mean, the alligator. Well, actually, Richard E. Grant, though, in the last episode was so good. Like, so good. Uh, first of all, I love him in general. I think yeah. he's a wonderful classic actor, but he was so good as classic Loki that I was just laughing every time I looked at him and every time he said something. Oh, man, so good. Yeah, you put the word classic in front of everything. It's probably good. Like classic Coke. 
you know, just things like that. It's always good. But Richard E. Grant is is amazing. He's so good. Remember um, the little vampire? Oh yeah, yeah. When he was the dad. My first, I think, the first movie I saw him in was a late '80s movie called Warlock, where oh. he was kind of he was like a witch hunter. Right, and then someone from okay, I remember there's something about someone in a house watching something. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, you know, he's uh, he's after. Uh, um, like a warlock who's trying to, you know, who's trying it's to like end the world, witch. and yeah, yeah, things like that. It was he was great in that, a very young Richard E. Grant, but uh, yeah, he's he's good in pretty much everything. I loved him. I thought he was hilarious, and the alligator Loki was really that was just that was funny. I that you know, good. and I'm uh, like uh, I'm seeing all kinds of cool stuff now. I know. I saw I, a Funko Pop. They do. Have, they are going to have a Funko Pop I with mean, alligator Loki. This is why I think Funko has like they have cornered the market on pop culture, and I don't think that they're ever going to go out of business because there will always be something popularized to to popularize. But uh, yeah, I think those might be some of the Funkos that I actually collect because right now I don't do too many. I think it's a money bit. <laughs> Sure. But yeah, Alligator Loki, so fun. I I think this was ugh, this is gonna make the MCU like it's gonna do a one eighty. It's gonna blast open doors that we didn't know existed, and it's making I think enough room for Doctor Strange to kind of come in and like figure out this whole time thing mm -hmm. and what's gonna happen there. And then of course by extension the Scarlet Witch is gonna come in, like Wanda's gonna come back, and like it's just bringing everything together in a way that we didn't think it was possible. Absolutely. So they basically fractured the timeline, which means anything is possible. Yeah. Uh, the first sort of three phases of the MCU were all about the continuity. Yeah. I mean, yep. going from one film to the next, to the next, to the next. Now they have a chance to break all the rules. Right. And so, which is great because they spent all this time setting up the rules just so they could break them. I mean, yeah, that's perfect. Which is great. And, uh, of course, the next, the next thing we're going to see, I believe, is... I'm not sure which – I think uh, Shang-Chi comes out first. Right. And then Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the Spider-Man thing. I don't know. I'm still one of those people that really loves the Tobey Maguire movies. I can't help it. Oh, but <laughs> you'll 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 see him again. But I'm sure that we're gonna we're gonna see something. I mean, because this is the whole multiversal thing, right? Right. Now we can bring everybody back. And that's the plan, apparently. Yeah. The plan I'm not is surprised. we're gonna see the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and Spider-Man villains from the other films. Well, exactly. Here. Like wonder, in that film. They can't all be good, though. I mean, that's the whole point of the multiverse, right? There's, like, opposites. There's different variants, as it were. Right. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. But I've seen they, they just released uh, this week some of the toys. Mm -hmm. A look at some of the toys that are coming out. And they have a – and I think this is probably one thing to differentiate if there are going to be multiple Spider-Men mm -hmm. to differentiate them. But there's one where um, the Tom Holland Spider-Man has a black and gold – suit mm. that has these like doctor strange looking web shooters that shoot mystical kinds of webs interesting which i don't know what that's for but it is uh it is a pretty cool looking costume and a cool look so we'll see what that entails mm. so I'm, I'm it's it's interesting because it's coming out i think at the end of the year mm -hmm. and we haven't seen a trailer yet that's true yeah so they're keeping this pretty tightly under wraps yeah. I mean, that thing, I think the MCU actually is really good at doing that, like keeping things under wraps. And the, and the things that we have sort of, quote, leaked or they have leaked have been by purpose or by design. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely really excited because, you know, I think everyone kind of experienced that like that high up to up to endgame. And then when it was just like over we were like all right what do we do now yeah <laughs> like the, what do we do now everyone's dead yep. or <laughs> so uh, yeah i mean of course in black widow takes place right before 
um, Endgame, yeah. Endgame. So, I mean, I'm, and you said you love that, so. I did. It does kind of fill in some of the gaps. Yeah. Which I think by design, too, she she was kind of one of those characters we didn't know much about. And the right. things that we did know, they weren't great things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we get to kind of find out more about that, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. And it sets up it sets up a few things mm-hmm. uh, for and actually the, the Black Widow. And I'm not going to give spoilers away for this one, but uh, the end credit sequence sets up uh, some kind of conflict in the next uh, uh, one of the disney plus series hawkeye oh it sets something up for that interesting so it kind of leads into that rather than leading into any other marvel movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i think that's kind of interesting that they that they're gonna throw a bone to the disney plus yeah well i mean it makes sense too because they've already got that partnership kind of between hawkeye and black widow so yeah yeah, yeah that makes sense i didn't know he was getting his own series he is yeah, yeah. he's getting his own series and i think uh where he basically trains his daughter to take over Mm. That we saw the daughter that we saw in um, uh, Infinity War. Isn't she like six? There's a well, you know, there was a a, a blip. Yeah, that's true. So who knows? Yeah, we don't actually know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah I mean, yeah. remember Ant Man when he came back and his daughter oh, was yeah. like, so who knows what that's all about? But uh, so that's going to be that's sort of setting up the Hawkeye show, mm-hmm. which I think is already filmed. Oh, really? So yeah, I'm still waiting for season three of The Mandalorian. So that's kind of what I'm. You know what I mean? Like, we've got all this good stuff coming out from MCU, and Disney has given us... I mean, they've given everything they promised us. They've kind of... They've they've kept up their promise. Yeah. But now I can't wait to see <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett. I, I just... I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, we're coming up to the end, the end of the year. Well, we're midway through, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is actually a good segue. Yeah. Because midway means, like, summer. <gasps> summer? Dun-dun-dun. Midsummer, that crazy movie with the bear? No, that poem from Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. Midsummer Night's Dream. Gotcha. That one. So. Kenneth, have you seen the Kenneth Branagh one? So funny. I think so. Yeah. I love him. He's, I think he's one of the only directors that have done like pretty much every Shakespeare film or, or every play into a film. That's just about. Hey. I said, I'm pretty sure Shakespeare did every Shakespeare. Ignore the Mr. Mandalorian. I thought that was Sir Francis Bacon. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) That's another show. Oh, Lord. All right. So enough of that nonsense. Uh, so, as you said, summer. Yep. Summer. It's in full swing right now. And, and it's it is hot. hot. It's either raining or it's ungodly hot it's here. It's flooding. Uh, so, basically what they do in summertime is parents of school-aged children <laughs> are once again ruining their kids' childhood by forcing them <laughs> to going to a place where ticks, rabid woodland oh, creatures, and man. cruel overlords they call counselors <laughs> rule with a handmade macrame fist. Oh, man. I am, of course, talking about... Summer camp. Summer camp. Now, I'm sure that there are some who have fond memories of spending time mm. in summer camp. Mm. Popular kids, athletic kids, extroverted yeah. kids. I was none of those. And that's where my disgust for all things camp-related lies. Your mileage may vary. I mean, <laughs> I love camping, the act of camping in the woods. I didn't enjoy summer camp. That's because it's not really camping. It's, it's not. just like staying at a really bad hotel. It, yeah. I mean, we had like little makeshift cabins, and so you weren't actually putting up a tent or anything. I didn't learn any of these life wilderness skills. I learned how to use Nair from one of the older girls, and I got like a second-degree burn. Ouch. Yeah. It, it's just, again, not fond memories. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, you know, you don't, uh, you don't really hear too many great fond memories of camp. <laughs> I did learn how to do macrame, though. There you go. See yeah. that? They didn't make you uh, make it a, those little leather wallets uh, that well, they it was sell Girl overseas. Scout. It was Girl Scout camp. So like all we did was make bracelets and like use yarn and stuff and friendship bracelets and all that. So sorry. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know what to even say about that. My That's parents awful. were just like, get away from me. Well, yeah, yeah. And therein lies. And because camp is such a traumatic experience for so many, mm. it makes for great fodder for movies. <laughs> yes, it does. Right? And lots of them. And lots of them. So that is our topic for today. Summer camp. <laughs> All right. So, Amanda, what do you have for us? All right. Well, I am going to I'm going to switch gears, I think, because I don't typically go this route. I don't normally go the horror route unless of course what? it's I know. Unless of course it's horror month, which by the way, a little little uh, tangent here. If you are listening kind of for the first time, we have an entire month dedicated to horror stuff in October. More on that at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. So my first uh, uh, choice is called <laughs> Don't Go Into the Woods, dot, dot, dot. Oh, good alone. advice. All the time. <laughs> All the time. It is a classic slasher film from 1981. And I say classic in the fact that it is old, not that it is great. Don't go in the woods. Something's out there. Something evil. Something so terrifying, only screams can describe it. Hunters become the hunted. Every camper is fair game. When a walking nightmare turns a lush green forest crimson red with the fresh blood of each new victim. It started as a carefree weekend camping trip, but soon turned into an orgy of unrelenting horror. You can run, it will catch you. You can hide. It will find you. After that, you won't see the forest for the screams. Don't go in the woods. It's not just a warning. It's the only way to stay alive. So, okay, premise here. There is a murderous woodsman, and of course I can call him woodsman because he lives in the woods. He's made of tin? Not really. It's not, not it's not Texas Chainsaw Murdery, but oh. you know, he's got like hack and slack things, right? So sure. the movie is literally the the premise is these four friends, these these true friends go on a camp a uh, camping trip and they are intertwined at each interval in the movie with some major murder that happens. And literally this film is famous for literally someone dying every like five or 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> the first <laughs> things you see are people running away. It's like, it's the precursor to Blair Witch. It really is. Oh. So it, you know, it's that um, film style where you, people are always in motion and they're running away from something, but you don't know what, like the woodsman isn't revealed right away um so i think there's like maybe five or ten deaths before that actually happens but uh, what it comes down to is they have to survive it and you know it's you there, there are these moments too where you're like why would you go in there it's classic trope like why did you go mm -hmm. in there in the barn where there are hanging you know scythes or whatever um but it, what's what makes it really funny is that there is definitely a lot of gore and usually that's not my thing like you see a lot of blood <laughs> a lot of fake limbs um at one point there is a bird watcher man who's wearing a very stylish 80s uh like sort of sports coat Ooh. jacket thing um and the reason why that's funny is because they hack off it or the guy hacks off his arm and you just see half of the the suit just kind of go away and there's like blood everywhere and it's it's funny more than anything, um, but it's just so bad. Like it's like it's not it's not filmed very well. Um, <clears throat> like I said, it came out in 1981. It stars Angie Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Hmm. Um, she's been in a lot of 
quite a few things actually but uh this was directed by James Bryan. Um, you have probably haven't heard that name, and frankly, mm. I haven't heard that name. But it, it's it, again, it is cemented in history, movie history at least, as one of the most hacky slashy hack and slash films. Mm, it's like so much... hack and slash New Jersey. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> so um, it's only eighty-two minutes long. They had a budget of one hundred and fifty thousand. And what's Ooh, important about that, they spent right? Spent every is penny. That's the thing. These movies typically have a very low budget. Right. And sometimes you have to get very creative. And this movie does not disappoint. In some of the shots, you can kind of almost just laugh at the sheer, like, just why? How did your mind, how did the director actually think to throw that body part in that direction? So the film, you know, the, the camera would pick it up. Um, I read something while I was researching it that they didn't have much film. And so in order to make that film last and not have to spend more money on film, they would kind of like double shoot things like, oh, something's happening in the foreground, but let's make sure we capture that thing in the background. That's really important. And you would think, okay, well, that's really smart, but really it was just to save money. Mm. And it leads to some funny, funny things. Now, um, it's not so much of a spoiler because, like, it you know, it happened 30 years ago or whatever, but not all of them survive. <laughs> no, no. And it's, like... I like, can't watch it now. Well, that's the thing. Like, the typical trope of, like, there's a mass murderer, there's, like, a serial killer, and they're getting away from it. It whittles it down. The group is whittled down to, like, one single person, right? And they come up with this epic battle against this woodsy, like, the brawny guy, right, from the paper <laughs> oh. towels, but, like, only with an axe. And, wow. like, trying to murder you. But he's so handsome. You know, I've heard that from people. I don't. I personally, it seems very like a paper thin theory to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Like paper towel. Editing that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I just, I honestly think this is so silly and funny. So I think you should watch it. But basically, it didn't get the highest of scores, um, as you can imagine, yeah. right? IMDb gives it a 3.8 out of 10. Oh. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 23%. Oh, ow. A little, little ouch there. Dang. Now, you can watch this right now on Tubi for free with ads. Or if you want, some lovely person has uploaded it to YouTube as of oh. right now. The entire movie's there, so you can watch that. There you go. I recommend fast-forwarding to the first five minutes where you get to see that nice, cool sports jacket get... <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's summery. It happens in summer. It's about camping and... Yeah, it fits. And nice. it's, I'm not typically a hack and slash type of person. Right, right. So because I laugh so much at this, I was like, all right, this has to be one of my choices. So don't go in the woods dot, 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 dot alone. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> okay, but they didn't go into the woods alone. They went as a group. Plot twist, yeah. Wow. But yeah, exactly. False advertising. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to hear a, a fun fact about that from Wikipedia? Sure. It was banned in England until 2007. Was it a video nasty? It was. Yes. Oh, the video nasties. Video nasties. One day I'm going to do, we'll do a microcast about the video nasties because I find that fascinating. I mean, uh, yes, they, they really are. And considering at the time people were like, oh, this is not worth it. But yet they've become such a, a major player in pop culture these mm -hmm. days. Yep. Yes, indeed. All but right. That's Excellent. my first choice. I like you, I uh, you know. I, outside I'm, the box a little bit for it you. It is. It is. And you know what? I think my second one probably isn't. But I'm going to tell you, I'm leading you into something really good. Okay. You're welcome. All right. All right. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> hmm, interesting. All right. So my turn. My first pick is a melancholy tale about a young boy fraught with doubt and insecurities who feels like the world is always against him. He's constantly ostracized by his peers, yet keeps on trying to fit in. 
Now, summer camp might seem like the worst place for this boy to be. Yeah. Yet he goes forward anyway. And there's a rough ride ahead. But at the finish, the boy discovers a confidence he never knew he had. Now, this thoughtful, personal tale is 1997's Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. <laughs> know what you're thinking. Good grief. It's Charlie Brown and the whole Peanuts gang in another full-length feature cartoon called Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. Now you can see all your favorite comic characters in the most exciting Charlie Brown adventure of all time. Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. It's the movie that has everything you want to see. Suspense. Excitement. Danger. Friendship. And the most thrilling race of a lifetime. It's all in... Race for your life, Charlie Brown. I you thought thinking? you were going to say something super serious there. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> this is the uh, third theatrical release from the Peanuts gang. <laughs> Uh, that's my first pick. So you get Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, <sighs> Lucy, Peppermint Patty, and, you know, the rest of the crew. They head off to the aptly named Camp Remote, oh. <laughs> which I love. <laughs> Camp Remote. Okay, that says it all. Uh, and in suburbia. while they're there, they, I mean, these, let, let, let's face it, even though all of the Peanuts are, like, super neurotic and, <laughs> yeah. you know... Charles philosophically shows, yeah. like beyond their years discuss, you know <laughs> so still these are typically speaking a bunch of privileged little kids yeah. you know they live in the apparently you know suburbs they're fairly affluent right. they go to good schools and things like that so they go off to camp and they realize that they had you know they've had it good because this camp is awful <laughs> it's rustic to say the least mm. uh and they're they can't stand you know having to it's summertime they have to but they still have to get up at 5 a.m to do stuff and like all that so they're not particularly happy mm -hmm. charlie brown of course included he's extra unhappy well he's never happy yeah he's never happy and then they make them compete in this camp river rafting race oh and so there are uh this this rival these this rival camp and they have these really awful bullies yeah. Who cheat their way to victory every single year. That's how it goes, yeah. Right? And these mean bullies uh, have an equally nasty cat, Brutus, who scares even Snoopy. Aww. Uh So they go on this race, and they're, like, broken up into different groups and things like that. Uh, the boys and the girls and all that, and then the bullies are one group. Uh, so, they, uh, so they go to this river rafting race, and they, you know, the bullies try to do everything they can to stop the Peanuts gang from winning. But... During this this trying sort of uh, race, something interesting happens, and that's Charlie Brown kind of steps up and takes charge, and he rallies the rest of the group, and they get their you know their stuff together, and they get closer and closer to the finish line, mm. which you know you wouldn't expect that to happen, especially with the peanuts because they're always like kind of losing stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so you know Charlie Brown kind of steps up for like the first time in his life and tries to rally the troops and get everybody on board and get to, to win the race. Uh, so that's you know it's a little bit of character development that's always promptly forgotten in the next film or TV show. <laughs> so you know you can't have too much growth. Uh, I mean, eh, whatever. They never grew. He stayed like a four-year-old. Yeah, basically. Time. With no hair. So I'm assuming he's got something. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, don't think too much about that. What he doesn't have is Rogaine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, of course, now what's Snoopy doing all this time? Well, during a storm in the race, he and his best bird, Woodstock, get separated. Oh, Woodstock. And Snoopy has to go off on his own to find his friend. Yeah. So there's that whole thing going on. Uh, but basically, you know, you you there's the suspense of will Charlie Brown and his crew win the race? Uh, <laughs> do Snoopy and Woodstock get reunited? Uh, and the most important thing of all, does uh, Linus's security blanket get soaking wet? That's oh. an important thing. Yeah, that's an important thing. He's the only one, by the way, in the movie that fights off the bullies. He uses his Linus? security blanket as a whip. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Okay. They're kind of scared of him because he's like crazy. Well, yeah. He's like nuts with that. But uh, so yeah, it's actually you know it's it's only seventy five minutes long and it's not going to change anybody's life. But it's a it's a very it's a very good little movie. It's got the the same charm as the early TV specials because it has most of the same voice cast Mm -hmm. uh, and same writers and things like that. So it has a lot of that charm uh, of the early uh, early Peanuts because it you know came out only like maybe. 10 years or so after the original Christmas special. Right. So, and for me, it, you know, it's a nostalgia bomb. Really. Sure. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, because I remember vividly seeing this movie during a grade school assembly. Oh, wow. It's that old. Yeah. No. <laughs> we'll be back after these messages. No, but I think it also helped that uh, it helped kill any desire I ever had to go to camp either. Yeah. <laughs> It was not cool. I mean, rafting is kind of yeah. like dangerous too. And then you know, once again, spoilers, but you do get to see uh, Snoopy uh, punch the cat out at the end. Oh, I love Snoopy. You know, because mm. because the cat tries to attack Woodstock, and Snoopy's not having that. Oh no! So punches him right in the face, which is, is very Woodstock gratifying. Is Woodstock a canary? Uh, I think he is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Is he also imaginary? Is that true? No. Woodstock's okay. real. I heard this weird rumor once that people were like, oh, you know what? Woodstock's not actually real. He's an, a figment of Snoopy's imagination. That doesn't make any sense. Because I know they interact with Woodstock. I, I mean, all the yeah, kids I do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think yeah. so. And, you know, and all the things in Snoopy's imagination are usually him being a World War One fighter pilot. Yeah. <laughs> which in itself is bizarre. Bizarro. Because how does Snoopy even know about that? Wow. I don't. Yeah. But anyway. So uh, it's, I recommend it. It's a fun little family kind of a movie, animated which is weird. Thing. You don't typically pick those. No, I don't. But like I said, it was a nostalgia bomb for me. And it's like, you know, why not? Why not recommend it? So it looks like we're both, you know. Bringing back the opposite. triple F. Yeah. The family-friendly flick. Family-friendly flick. Absolutely. Now, as far as the uh, scores go, actually, it does pretty well. Mm. You know, Peanuts movie. So it's got a, a wide appeal. Sure. Uh, so it's about a 7.3 out of 10 on the Internet Movie Database. And a really respectable 80%. On Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. Now, if you want to see Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown, uh, if you subscribe to Paramount Plus, you can watch it right now. Mm. Uh, or you can rent it on Prime Video, Google Play, or the Vudu app for $2.99. So there we go. Nice. Yeah. I'm one of those people who are guilty of only thinking about the peanuts during Thanksgiving and Christmas. Do you say peanut peanuts? Uh, um... What did, I just, I'm sorry. Didn't, I heard something else. I wasn't yeah. sure. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, Thanksgiving and... <laughs> Thanksgiving and Christmas are the only time I really care about the peanuts. Peanuts. 
The legumes. I'm just going to call them the legumes. I'm done. Oh. It's <laughs> fun times. I did have a Snoopy pine cone, uh, snow cone maker when I was younger. You know, I wanted one of those. My parents wouldn't buy it for me. Really? Really. My mom bought me like this old retro one. And you know, get that really weird sugary, like chemically syrup that you put on it. Mm-hmm. I would just douse it on there. And like it, the goal was to make a purple one because you get the red and the blue. Yeah. Now I got to go on eBay and look for one and so I can actually finally have it. I mean, if you can find a Ronald McDonald chicken nugget maker two thing, like that'd be great. I yeah. Mean, th- you put the nuggets in and it rolls it out, but you know, whatever. It's like Play-Doh or real? No, it's real. You can put the nuggets in. Yeah. But does it come with the uh, chicken paste? Ew, gross. <laughs> 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 Anyways. Legumes, very good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm legit never saying. What rating am I going to have to put on this now? You keep saying bad words. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm going to go into my more somber choice for my second pick here. Thinking about Charlie Brown's peanuts. (laughs) Oh, psychiatry. Help, 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 help. Um. Okay, my second and final pick here before my uh, honorable mentions is a 2007 film. Uh, you might have seen it. It was pretty popular when it came out. It's called Into the Wild. There are people in this world who go looking for adventure. (laughs) Christopher McCandless was searching for himself. So you're a leather now. I'm a leather? Yeah, leather tramp. That's what they call the ones that hoof it. Don't you think you ought to be getting a job and making something of this life? I only got one plan. I'm going to Alaska. Alaska, Alaska? Or city Alaska? I'm going to be all the way out there. Yes, in the wild. I read somewhere how important it is in life not necessarily to be strong, but to feel strong to measure yourself at least once. Where are your mom and dad? Living their lives somewhere. Son, how long have you been out here? A couple of weeks. And before that? I went to South Dakota. I worked for this guy named Wayne. What do you think about all this? I like all this. I took the Colorado River all the way down to the Grand Canyon and did rapids. What's the end stand for? North. Your great Alaskan adventure. stars Emile Hirsch, uh, Marsha Gay Harden, uh, William Hurt is in it as well. Um, it is the based on true story of Christopher McCandless, or McCandles, I think it's just McCandless, uh, who was a star athlete. He graduated Emory from Emory University. He was like really affluent, like he came from a really affluent family. Um, and he had this like existential crisis right so he was like you know what (laughs) i have all these many thousands of dollars in savings i am going to give it away and he did he donated all of it to uh, oxfam actually and he then proceeded to well become homeless and travel his way throughout the states and his ultimate goal was to get to alaska um uh, he meets people along the way right he meets like tramps and he meets couple a couple that really basically influence him they teach him how to do leather working for example uh he picked up all these skills from random people um he formed a relationship um with an older gentleman who it was like a classic like you know grandpa grandson kind of bond thing and um the movie really is just uh cinematizing these these little events that happen um eventually 
uh, Christopher does make it to um, Alaska, and sadly, he finds that he he doesn't know a lick about living in the wild and surviving off the land. And um, at one point, he 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 ends up, I think. Um, hunting a moose or a buff- it wasn't a buffalo, it was a moose, I think. Um, but he had no way to store it, right? And so the the meat goes spoils, and he's like, "All right, cool, I've got food for like one day." And then it becomes this very slow um, progression into one might consider insanity, but also like um, he just he just lost his mind by the end of it. Um, he ended up, I think, officially, I think they said he. Tried to eat a plant, mistook it for another one. He got sick and then passed away in this bus that he had always wanted to get. Um, and it was just stuck there. Like, so it, it's really sad, right? So it ends up being, it's a really sad thing. And he um, doesn't accomplish what he thinks he can accomplish. And by the end he finds, or he, I guess the movie makes you think he, he realizes that he, uh, you know, maybe he was wrong. Maybe not everything is just corporations and not everything is about money. Maybe, you know, those true genuine pulls of family and familial relationships and friends and all that fun stuff do have a purpose and money does serve a purpose. Right. So, um, yeah, it's actually, it's quite sad at the end, but, um, he documents too, um, his life and towards the end, I think with pictures and whatnot. And there's actually a very famous picture of him. Um, he's very gaunt and very emaciated and not fun, but the the point of the film is him going through this entire journey. And I suppose it serves as a warning, right? To, to people who are thinking like nothing makes sense. I don't understand any of this. Um, learn from his journey, I suppose. The reason why I bring it up as a camping film, because of course he has to camp everywhere he goes. And the sad part of it is that he doesn't necessarily know how to camp and survive off the land, which ultimately is his undoing. Um, which, funny enough, if you go to like a summer camp, at least around New England, one of the big things was to like learn what poison ivy looks like and what poison oak looks like and you know what berries you can eat and you can't eat and, you know, Cub Scout stuff. Um, so... Eventually, he is uh, found, right? And um, his sister, who he had a really a, a tight knit, um, you know, relationship with, um, ends up taking his out. You know, he, you know, they do the other thing and takes his ashes. And the movie ends with her just kind of like entering society again, holding his ashes in a backpack. And uh, um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a it's a movie you gotta watch to understand. But it's a sad story, but. Uh, I thought it was appropriate because, again, camping off land and whatnot. Mm. Um, it did actually get pretty good scores, too. We're looking at an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 83. Metacritic gives it a 73. Now, Metacritic aren't usually ones to, like, jump in there and say, hey, I'm going to rate everything. They kind of pick and choose. So it's nice to see a, a little bit of a higher uh, mm. rating on them. You can watch it right now for free on Netflix if you wanted to. There are clips, of course, on YouTube. But it being a relatively newer movie, you're probably not going to find anything in terms of full film. But, yeah, I think it's worth watching. It's a sad story, but it's, a, I think, an important one. Um, and it kind of discourages anybody from not doing research, mm. right? So if you're going to live out or at least experience the outdoors, you have to have some, some basic knowledge of what you're doing or a way to get that knowledge or to get help if you need it, you know? So yeah. there are people who make a living, um, just, you know, overlanding as it were. So if you're in a vehicle that can kind of like a Jeep, for example, or a Range Rover or whatever, and you know, you kind of take it anywhere you camp as you want and it can be really fun right i've done that and it's very fun but like yeah it's it's 
it's a movie you should watch. It's not too, too long, um, but it's, yeah, it's a good one to watch. It kind of left me thinking with a lot of questions, hmm. but worth, worth watching, I think. Nice, nice. Just remember, kids, follow your dreams unless they're dumb. <laughs> I think he was just so, like, he had blinders on and didn't mm-hmm. realize it. Yeah. Maybe that's what affluence does to you, being a top athlete, being, you know, rich. I mean, I don't know, right? But ultimately, that led to his yeah. downfall. He overextended his privilege. Yeah, I suppose you could ways. say that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the movie doesn't shy away from the fact. Like, I I enjoyed, not enjoyed, but I think it's it's to the credit of the director for not shying away from the fact that he was so entirely inexperienced and he was, to some extent, immature, right? Yeah, I mean, so. the, cause I, I did see the movie and it, it did not treat him like he was some kind of folk hero. That's the thing. And I actually read when I was um, researching this, there are, there's a group of people that really worship him. They think that he, he was... Uh, the bravest man in the world and he lived the truest human lifestyle you know away from capitalism and suburbia and america and all that fun stuff and they think that he died a um well doing what he wanted but i can't imagine that that's actually you know i i can't imagine that's how it ended up being because i think for his parents and for i mean anybody who had to discover him it Mm -hmm. wasn't it wasn't a a good a thing i always think of it in the same terms as the movie grizzly man yeah. Where, you know, the exactly. guy lived among the grizzly bears, and guess what? They killed him. I mean, so yeah. yeah. Like, yes, exactly. I mean, there's also, um, what is it? Is it Diane Faust? Someone named Diane uh, who lived with chimpanzees. Oh, Di- Diane Fossey. Yeah, Diane yeah, Fossey. Uh, Gorillas yeah, yeah. in the Mist. Um, yeah, and the Gorilla. Weaver. Yeah, really killed her. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that that is important work, so I'm not saying anything bad about it. But ultimately, the movie is uh, it's not one that romanticizes it. It's good to watch, though. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very nice. So uh, I'm going to take the unusual role of lifting up the conversation wow. after that. Wow. This is uh, really a truly reversal it of is. roles. It's very strange. It's very strange. Uh, so I'm going to talk about my second pick. But before I do, if, if, if you're a person from the UK <laughs> and – I know that we have at least one person from the UK here in this room. So In the studio. In the studio. So I'm just going to say that right off the top. You know, it just take what I say in the best possible humor with a U. Oh, boy. <laughs> with a grain of sea salt. With, with a, yeah, um, yes. Oh, with, oh my more. goodness. With an extra U. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, with two U's. Extra. Good humor there. Get it? Because ice cream is good humor. I'm turning your mic off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So now the British have given us many things, right? George the Third. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I yeah. don't know if you can. Uh, <laughs> um, well, basically traitors. So, you know, I mean, yeah, okay. So there's cheddar cheese, um, Shakespeare, you know, tea, drinking in the afternoon, uh, and Cookies. malt vinegar. Yeah. So you know, there are a few things, but there's one thing in particular that I really appreciate, and that is the farce. Okay. See, the British pretty much invented the art of buffoonery in the face of completely ridiculous circumstances. So silliness and nonsense is what I'm talking about. So Black Adder and Monty Python? Absurdity in the extreme, let's just put it that way, right? (laughs) Yeah. Now, why are the British of all people responsible for the farce, right? That type Mm. of genre. 
And, you know, it could be some sort of comedic overreaction to the perceived stuffiness and reserve of the British, the stiff upper lip thing. Yeah. So the farce has been... No, no, no. This is actually a good thing. The farce has been a staple of British entertainment for centuries, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, first on the stage, and of course, you know, then it moves to the theater, the theater screens. Uh, And so a major example of... Uh, British farce on the big screen are the Carry On films. Mm. Oh, yeah. Now, from 1958 to about 1978, they had like there were 30 Carry On movies that were released in the UK. Never here, really. Mm. They, they, nobody in America, they're not likely to be familiar with the Carry On movies since they were never really released here. That is a very uniquely British thing. We don't like Carry Ons because it costs you money. I forgot I didn't turn your mic off. Uh, I mean, seriously. Yeah. Airlines overcharge for that stuff. <laughs> so, okay. Now, these carry-on movies <laughs> were very low-budget films, right? And uh, they were usually used the same writers and the same crew and all that. But what they did that was so brilliant was they poked fun at British institutions and customs. Sure. You know, so what they would do, they would they would take, like, stereotypical British people – and put them into ridiculous situations where they had to try to maintain their calm and cool. Uh, you know, and it, these films are full of slapstick humor mm-hmm. and very witty and very cheeky, so to speak. Uh, and so there were a lot of these movies. There was uh, Carry On Nurse. There was Carry On Spying. There was Carry On Doctor. And... Like Nes- Leslie Nielsen kind of thing. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with a very, very distinctly British flair. Right. Um, now, that takes me to my second pick, which is the 1969 comedy, Carry On Camping. If you are thinking of a holiday under canvas this year, wait. It surprise me if we didn't have a drop of rain. You had to open your big mouth. We might be able to help you decide to... Carry On Camping. You, I shouldn't have eaten those radishes. Good morning, Dr. Sofa. Are we all loaded? Good are. <laughs> a camping holiday is a whole lot of fun. And it ensures down. good, healthy exercise. And up. Gives you a new lease of life. Well, if this is paradise, give me hell. And helps you to make new friends. I wonder if he's offended about something. <laughs> the hilarious comedy crew are here again as they carry on camping. And causing chaos and confusion wherever they go. We're sure that after this brief preview of a holiday of a lifetime, you'll be off like a shot to see carry on camping. So it's about these two friends, uh, these gentlemen who own a plumbing business together. <laughs> And they decide to take their prim and proper girlfriends to a nudist camp to kind of loosen them up a little, right? (laughs) Makes sense. But the camp turns out to be a scam. And the four are stuck at a very rustic campsite with a few amenities and a collection of oddball people. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, this will not stand. This whole situation will not stand. So everybody kind of goes off onto their own little direction and get into some truly british hijinks let's Mm. just say uh there's once again with these movies there's lots of innuendo and cheeky behavior and you know and of course since this is a 1969 movie 
Uh, there's this hippie rock band LSD. called Yeah. The, well, there's the Flower Buds who like <laughs> just appear and start making everybody crazy with their loud music. Right. Uh, so you know, it's it's just it's a very it's a very light confection of a movie. Sure. And it follows a similar formula to the other carry on movies that right. you know went on for quite a while, but. You know, it's a, it's really, it's fun. It's just good fun. If you like that kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, if you're a Monty Python fan, yeah. why not try some, a different kind of British farce type of movie type of, you know, type of thing. So it's, and it's a prime example of a classic British farce. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not technically summer camp, but it counts because it, it yeah, takes it place camps. at a campsite. Yeah, it uh, now, out of all of the carry on movies, right? Uh, this one, Carry On Camping, was voted the best of the Carry On films uh, back in 2008 for the 50th anniversary of the series uh, in a poll by the Daily Mirror. So, oh, the Daily Mirror. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's a poll, so we can, right. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, if it's something you're interested in, it is definitely worth checking out. Now, is it a play on the keep calm and carry on thing? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Just carry on because you have to maintain. You have to carry on. You have to keep you doing can't it, yeah. Lose, you can't lose your composure. Yeah, you know, I that's, see. That's I see. When it's a very British thing. But it really it's is. Really, yeah, it's, but it's so funny watching, you know, uh, watching these characters kind of start to lose their cool <laughs> and like get flustered and, you know, it, right. it's fun. It's classic. I mean, um, it, Monty Python is like one of the best things. So if you like that, I'm sure that you'll enjoy that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's more because, uh, you know, Monty Python is very kind of, it is by its very nature sketch oriented. Right. Right. Uh, like little bits Super and satirical. segments and things like that. Yeah. Well, these carry on movies are more of a narrative. Hmm. Uh, so you get kind of a, a story along with your, you know, hijinks and whatever. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's absolutely, if you're interested at all in that kind of thing, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, now, as far as the scores go, <laughs> it does get a, a 6.6, which is a oh, wow. fairly okay. 6.6 okay. .6 out of 10 yeah. on the Internet Movie Database. And a really good 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. So if you're at all interested, Carry On Camping is a really good place to start for these uh, British farces, especially yeah. of the 60s. Uh, and you can watch it for free right now on YouTube. Ooh. So... Absolutely. If it's something you really enjoy, I think you're going to really like these movies and you may, it may, uh, you know, you, you may want to watch the rest of the series of the movies. Right. Because right, there's right. a ton of them. And they even, there are even Christmas specials and TV series and revivals of Carry On. Very, very popular, but it's not widely known here in the States at all. Yeah. And I think it should be. Oh, I, I agree. I honestly think that there are quite a few uh, British tv shows and films that are just i actually quite like british humor mm -hmm. some people would call it dry you right shocked. hey i said you sound shocked well yeah <laughs> um some people would call it dry i suppose right but there's really great i mean oh i couldn't i could list you like five right now that i love like only fools and horses is hilarious um you know uh dad's army is funny uh mrs brown's boys um vicar of dibley Oh, I love Vicar of Dibley. I love Vicar of Dibley, and it, not just, just because I'm married to an Englishman. I'm, I'm like he's okay, but like <laughs> I actually really enjoy these TV shows, people. And if Thank you me. think British humor is dry, just watch a couple of episodes of The Young Ones. <laughs> you will That's never funny. think British humor is dry again. That's Brilliance. Oh, Coronation I, Street. I very vividly remember watching the Carry On films as a kid. There you go. Um, they would play them on Saturdays and Sundays, and I would go and spend the weekend with my grandmother, and she would have them on the TV, and I uh, remember them 
Do you eat beans and toast? Say what? You ate beans and toast? No, my, no, my mother does that. I don't. Um, <laughs> you keep them separated. Otherwise, the toast gets soggy and then it's not good toast. I mean, Handy it, tip, folks. That's logical, yeah. But um, you know you listen to the Harry Potter audiobooks and they're narrated by Jim Dale. Yeah. Jim Dale was originally from the Carry On movies. Oh. Oh, you know what's another one, too? The Fast Show. The Fasho is funny. It is like super sketch, super quick. Okay. Hence his name. Anywhere, unfortunately, but it's very funny. It's very funny. Hmm. Yeah. I could give you a whole list, and you know what? Maybe one time I'll even do a microcast about it. That would be great. Absolutely, because like I like I said, the more people that are I think are exposed to these movies, the better off. You know, because there's so many out there, and people don't know about them here. Yeah. You know, and they should. They should. They they really should. Mm -hmm. I mean, we get everything else imported. Why not TV shows? Why not? I mean, you know, I've, if I could sit down for an hour and a half with my Jaffa Cakes and uh. <laughs> watch a carry-on movie, I'm happy. I mean, here's the thing. I think it's incredibly unfair that I have to pay a lot of money, like a huge premium for BBC America. That's not cool. Mm. Xfinity. But Get a VPN. Well, well there's that. Um, but yeah, also RIP England. Sorry you didn't win with, you know, against Italy. Like, yeah, but stop being racist yeah. about it. Yeah, not cool, people. Not cool. But it's only yeah. a few. Yeah, a yeah, few. It's, it's a few. Um, but okay, not bad pick. Yeah. I like I like little uh, shows like that. Especially I love series. You know what it reminds me of? Of the Babysitters Club. <laughs> you know, like they had like all those books, but they also had different like episodes, mm-hmm. and they would all kind of all do the same thing. But yeah, no, that yeah. that's cool. I'm I'm actually gonna research that when I get home. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely worth looking into. Definitely, I enjoyed our picks. Yeah, yeah. So too. my picks. Uh, my pick was the very amazing hacking slashing film, Don't Go Into the Woods, dot, 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 dot. alone. Mm. And my second one was Into the Woods, a 2007 sort of biopic that is worth watching. Feel good picture of the year. (laughs) No, it is not. That's false advertising. (laughs) So for me, my first pick was the 1977 animated feature, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. You heard that right. Where a bunch of neurotic children almost die in a river raft race. So there you go. (laughs) And secondly, Carry On Camping, a fine example of the Carry On films. uh, British farces, very funny, very witty, and I think very enjoyable to an audience that may not know that they exist. Yeah. I agree. Great picks. Do you have any honorable mentions? I do. I do. A couple. Yep. Uh, so one of them is called Wet Hot American Summer. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> a great parody of the 80s yep. uh, summer camp movies and also a television series um, <laughs> that was on Netflix. Oh, really? That is just as funny. Oh. They did a follow-up series to that. It was amazing. Uh, and so my other honorable mention once again, not technically a summer camp movie, but a movie called Jesus Camp, which is a documentary <laughs> about this, uh, about basically exactly what it says it is, about a sort of a, a evangelical Christian camp that is that is seriously creepy with its indoctrination techniques. I don't want to uh, know what they do for arts and crafts. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. no. It's lots of, uh, you get two popsicle sticks and some nails and that's it. <laughs> And use your imagination. Oh, lordy. Yeah. So my honorable mentions would be the original 1960s Parent Trap. Right? Oh, yeah. Love that. Um, not so much the newer ones. Meatballs 1 and 2. Oh, uh, Meatballs 1 and 2. <laughs> Heavyweights. 
because I actually wait. Yeah, that yeah, movie yeah, is yeah. funny. Um, oh my god, who's Zoolander? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Right. That's yeah. Uh, I also can't Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, oh god, if I can't think of this Thank guy's you. name, uh, but yeah, Heavyweights is hilarious. I love that movie. Oh, and also classic, The Adams Family. Adams Family Values. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. <laughs> that's a great one. That whole segment of the movie is just hilarious. And uh, if you if you dig deep or dive deep, maybe, dive deep uh, into some of the uh, streaming services like Tubi, mm. uh, and just do a search for camp, you'll find some very interesting things. Yeah, you will, and just be prepared. Some of them are not all PG thirteen. No, they are not. Yeah, thank you, Tubi. Especially the seventies and eighties camp movies. They oh, tend to be a little geez. bit over the top, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, so. You know, uh, I I actually really uh, I really thought this was good that we had yeah. some good picks here. This was a good episode. I think so. I think it, so. It's going to round out our sort of like hot weather. But then the again, we live love. in New England, mm. right? So we're coming into like the hot season into like the really hot season. Yeah. Yeah, and then in September when everything is all beautiful fall and trees. No, no, we're still ninety degrees here. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad, really. But you know what you can do? You can listen to your favorite podcast to cool down and how this is how this no works. no matter what that is <laughs> oh wait you mean uh, i meant us okay. if you head to the deep dive podcast.com not only will you find an extensive library of all of our episodes but you'll find links to our merch stand to our email to our instagram all of our you know social medias where you can find tons of fun things that we post um we've also got like like i said our entire library is there and i mentioned early in the episode that we are coming close to october it's sort of like we're what two or three months out yes so october is a fun time around the deep dive podcast Mm -hmm. this studio gets pretty crazy because we do a special month long that means one episode every week dedicated to a specific horror genre i mean last week or last year we had like classic monsters we had vampire movies we had um hauntings i think we did Mm -hmm. and we also have guests so if that doesn't get you all hyped up I mean, just think about the t-shirts that we will have. Because right. I still have a Halloween t-shirt. Me from, too. It was, it's so comfortable. I wear it every single time I'm doing laundry and dishes because I don't care if it gets wet. Well, you know what I mean? Like, it actually stands up. It's really good quality. And we only make like two bucks on it. So come on, buy a shirt. That's true. But- <laughs> and also, by the way, our, uh, our list of uh, topics for that has not yet been finalized. This is true. So if you have any ideas for us, please let us know. Absolutely. We would love to hear them. I mean, any ideas for anything. If you want to leave us a comment on our Instagram, Absolutely. on our Twitter. If you really love us, and I think that you would, obviously, you're listening to us, go ahead and rate us on Apple iTunes. Because that's how we reach, or I should say Apple Podcasts. That's how mm-hmm. we reach other listeners. Um, drop that five-star rating. Just, you know, say some great things or you know, some constructive feedback that will just eventually blur out. But just say, you yeah. know, that five stars, right? But that uh, is a huge way to say, or actually it's a segue to say thank you to all of our listeners so far. Yes. Because of you, where I think we're like the second uh, podcast when you search Deep Dive. Like we're right there yeah, on the Yeah, we page. are getting there. Yeah, it's so pretty cool. thank you to everybody who's listened to us, uh, even download even one of our episodes yeah. i mean thank you netherlands thank you south, south korea, korea. Yep. <laughs> yeah We're very popular there. we yeah they even have like desserts with our faces on them it's pretty cool <laughs> they oh. do the thing with the coffee it's great that's really. so awesome yeah. i love people but anyways thank you for listening and uh reach out to us right we're super active on instagram and uh give us a follow yeah um, absolutely buy a magnet buy a magnet why not listen to mr mandalorian yeah why yeah. not why it's not not gonna hurt you uh, so now coming up, we've got a couple of uh, we got a couple of shows we want to talk about. So yep. uh, 
for our next microcast. If you think you'd enjoy walking all over your favorite celebrities, well, you'll enjoy our next microcast because it's about the history of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Ooh. Who gets to be immortalized in sidewalk form? Unfortunately, Donald Trump. There you go. So we're going to find out next week. And on the next Deep Dive podcast, well, the Summer Olympics are almost here. That's true. Or rather in Tokyo, uh, which is having a surge in COVID-19 cases just in time. Which nobody can actually attend. Yeah. And so since we can't go to the games themselves and neither can you, uh, we will be choosing the gold medalists for best Olympics-themed movies dun, 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 dun. all right what do you think about that join us please absolutely we would love to uh have you listen so for amanda and myself tom feeney and wayne our special british guest <laughs> our correspondent uh, our, from our, England. our british correspondent <laughs> uh thank you yeah we appreciate it we appreciate you so tell your friends tell your enemies tell your pets about us and come back next time get your vaccine yes Bye, all. Bye. All clips used in the Deep Dive podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive theme was composed and performed by Ryan Blaney and produced by EchoCraft. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios.